right, welcome to episode 14 of the Multifarious Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in with us today. We hope you guys are enjoying the content that we're putting out. If you enjoyed this episode and have certain guests or topics that you have in mind that you'd like to hear discussed, uh, do let us know on Instagram at the Multifarious Podcast. Like, share, tag us, that whole thing. Today we don't have a guest. Tom and I just sit down. We have a quick chat. This was about two weeks ago, so right when he was finishing up his Prescript Level 1 course, and we kind of just discussed his closing thoughts with it. We would meant to upload it while registration was still up, so that, you know, if we have, like, any listeners that have not taken the course that are considering it, be a further encouragement. But that didn't really work, but we're posting it anyway, just because we wanted to get his thoughts out there. It's a bit of, like, slightly, set, like, the episode has sentimental value in that, you know, like we, you know, we had met him and I had met when he'd started. And so it was, you know, this, and for me it was, well, it was just this very condensed period of learning that was very transformative in terms of the way that I thought about training both for myself and for clients. So kind of looking back on the experience that turned us both into the coaches that we are and are still hopefully growing to be. So yeah, cool stuff. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me a DM on Instagram at saluji underscore a, follow Tom at t.m.henderson, uh, website is www.multifariousstrength.com, and that is the important things, just enjoy the episode. Anyway, so yeah, you're finishing up PSL1, and for me, it was definitely something that could be qualified as a life-changing experience you know in terms of knowledge in terms of information i mean no obviously not only from the lectures but also just from the interaction you know with the labs and with the people and you know all those other conversations that happen not as part of the course but just as the overall learning process in general it was definitely definitely something you know something valuable and so i mean obviously i i don't think that it's something that it's very obvious the uh, social gains maybe like it's, you know, the, that's a given, right? Just like how much you learn from other people and the benefit of the community, how much that's helped. But I'm curious, just like almost from a, aside from that, we can get into that later, from a very just factual perspective, shall we say, just like what are the most tangible points that you've learned from? And like having learned it, looking back on your own training before, and like, oh, there were some issues there. Um. Yeah, so like we sort of got into on the second episode of the podcast like my training definitely took many different avenues on its way to getting to what it is today um I like to think I was in some sort of fairly sensible routine but you can always learn more that's the thing and definitely I feel like in the 16 weeks or now 17 weeks in that we had an extra week tagged on at the end um over the 17 weeks I feel like my learning has just been accelerated so much it's like over the however many years I've been trying to accumulate information around training how much of that just seems so I don't want to say it's unnecessary very condensed. it's a very yeah. condensed period of time I don't want to say the learnings are necessarily un, uh, like 100% unnecessary that I've had over the past couple of years in terms of finding my own feet because I feel like from a practical point of view of working with people when they have their own queries or their own personal battles to deal with I can 
start to empathize and relate a bit more but in terms of basically just factual stuff yeah it's the amount of information and useful information like there's a big difference between information nowadays and useful information especially seeing that a lot of people consume their information from and on um, from social media platforms and stuff nowadays it's just yeah the amount of useful information that is packed into 17 weeks is phenomenal and that's just yeah in the course itself and then outside of that with the labs you just learn and the labs also help to bridge the gap between the the information you're given in the course and don't get me wrong it is still to a very large degree practically applicable it's not just classroom learning as people would assume it would be but the labs help to even bridge that gap even further between sort of information and practical application of said information because you have so many other incredibly smart incredibly qualified people who are coming with their own issues around clients and for someone like myself who is very new to the coaching game being able to learn from them and learn almost what to look out for in the future as they're learning what to correct in the now I feel like sort of set, sets me up very well to progress with my my ability to coach. Yeah, especially in such a interpersonal field as this one, there's like the value of those connections and you know having that experience, even if it's over Zoom, I don't think can be understated. Like I started with the Barlow course, and so it was a very sort of technical course about the big three, but I still like I thought like I, I thought like I knew what I was doing when it came to like form primaries and I did like my lifts improved drastically after that course but then just like you know sitting with the technique lab just looking at Kyle breakdown videos where Eric does things you know, the way Mahan does things the things that they can pick out it's like after the Barla course I never knew to look at the foot you know and like I wasn't able to identify what is the foot doing within like this lift like I would you know, I'd get paralyzed a lot kind of thing. But I'd, I'd look at the video as a whole, as opposed to breaking it down into like looking at individual joints and being like, where is this? Where is it supposed to be? And so the experience I think is easily the most valuable thing, but like you need both, right? It can't only be this theoretical classroom knowledge. And it also can't just be, I'm going to keep, like, what's the expression? Like just banging my head against the wall until something works. You can't do that. You need both of them. And I, the, the, the extreme opinions that revolve around both of those opinions were, you know, the pencil necks with the clipboards who never picked up a dumbbell, but also the people who go and send it every day and never think more than that. We talked about this in the last episode. I don't think either of those are very are, are valid or, or positive things. And so the, the balance is what's so important. I think they found that very well, in my opinion. No, definitely. I, I agree. And also, just on a quick side note, are we legally required to call it the technique lab now instead of? I think it's. it's I think so. Plus, like, hey, we have like two listeners, so I will be fine. <laughs> okay, cool. That's just uh, now that it's had its own official rebranding. Yeah, it is. It's been in the stories. I think that way for a while. It's been tagged oh. on prescript, so I think we're fine. But yeah, um, no, hundred percent. I think. Yeah, I've taken other online courses and there's sl- slightly different formats as well sort of ones that I've done previously 
have been do at your own pace pre-recorded stuff and I certainly feel like the interaction that I get with even just you know the labs I'm there to interact but even just with the lectures with Jordan sort of the just the way he's able I say like holds the room as if it's an actual room but it, it does feel like that he holds your attention so well like there's no point in that hour where I think oh I'd want to pause it here and go make myself a snack and chill out for a bit you know it's like I'm just there I'm just hooked on every word until the hour's done and then I'm there I'm like that was awesome I learned so much I can't wait for next week and I just feel like <laughs> I feel like I live I live my live my life from prescript call to prescript call because it's like but to be fair Tuesday nights are absolutely awesome because we usually have yeah PSL one lecture then we hop on a podcast and then we're straight into max lab which usually involves some sort of weaponry and it's just exciting all the way through Sorry, Rene. Do you have to say that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 true. And like to this episode is pretty much the piece of data at this point. But to make it more than that, like one of the most valuable things you know that I've learned from it is struggling to understand it and accept that there are no objectively good exercises. Like that was the main issue with the way that I did things before in the pursuit of. You know, creating workouts for myself and trying to get bigger and strong or whatever is that I was forever preoccupied with finding the objectively good thing to do and so I would never sort of I would never stick with one workout plan for long like I'd constantly be changing things taking out exercises adding an exercise as I found them right like oh this guy has a, a video on he tries to the thing is the best go do it and so like my workouts are just constantly changing and you know I wasn't obviously there are like the technical aspects of it like I was never able to use them as a gauge for my progress because I was small and changing the movement all the time. So it was, there wasn't really a gauge of progress on that side, but I think that's one of the, one, it's one of the greatest benefits it's had in terms of theoretical knowledge is understanding just even the very basic sort of, you know, morphological consideration that you make based off of people's structure and how they present this news, like carrying angle, cue angle, very simple things like that. But, you know, and like, it was a struggle for me mainly because I, like to think of myself as an objective person and I prefer objectivity and you know logic mathematics over you know feelings that kind of thing and so it was a struggle for me to sort of understand and fully accept but you know the once realizing that then you're able to just be like and I, I was paralyzed by subjectivity because I thought that it was subjective it was wrong right I thought that if it just felt good then it was wrong it had to you know there had to be like this reason that it's the best and you know not do anything else and so being able to safely apply those filters that allowed for subjectivity without you know, it paralyzing me, I think was very valuable because I can be like, I want to choose an exercise based on the length of my arms and the carry angle that I have. It's subjective because it's good for me and it may not be good for someone else because I understand the filters of my body, how wide my arms are. It's, it's, I could accept it being good and also being subjective at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. And um, yeah, sort of the morphological differences were stuff that I hadn't really taken into account beforehand, um, especially when prescribing exercises for others. Because um, I was a very, I was quite rigid in my mindset. It's like everyone has to f 
it's I don't use a mold to fit around other people I make other people try fit into a mold and it's like trying to fit a square peg into a circular hole it was just like it wasn't working or it was working but not to the degree that I thought it should and then it was a massive light bulb moment uh sort of the second half of the course when we were looking at you know different uh training different muscle groups and the morphological considerations to take into account with particular individuals and I actually had a friend come to me after we did um the pec training week and he, we were just talking about like presses and how his chest development was and like it was like I just got way too excited because I was like oh your, your, your infrasternal angle and I was like whoa I learned this and I, and I was just like way too excited but, but I was it was like it was just like there's so many things that we don't actually consider like if you don't if you don't know about that sort of thing where how could you even sort of begin to fathom that that's something you need to think about? Because the, the guy I was talking to about, um, about, about that sort of thing was fairly well-versed in the gym. Like he's been doing, he's done it for a while, but fairly inconsistently, but he knows the general gist of why he does certain things and I've programmed for him before, et cetera. And yeah, and he was just like, oh, Never in a million years would I have thought of that. And yeah, it's sort of just the course itself just sort of blew my mind because I thought I was fairly well versed in a lot of things training wise. And don't get me wrong, I was going into this course thinking, oh, a lot of the guys doing this course are already coaches. They've already been training people for a long time. Am I in over my head here? And I'm very glad I signed up because it was almost like throwing yourself in at the deep end and seeing if you sink or swim. It was a case of like, I'm going to, but I think to do that, you have to have the right mindset about approaching a course like this. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not something that people should think is impossible to go and do in a sense. Like it's not drastically way too difficult for people to do. But if you are someone like myself who wasn't, that as well versus they think they are well everyone to a certain degree in early training years thinks they're they're sort of smarter about training than they actually are but yeah if you're not as well versed as you think you are as as I was in my case then it is something you really have to apply yourself to so literally first week I sat down I was like I'm going to make notes on every lecture I'm going to type up all my notes then I'm going to rewatch the lecture and annotate my notes on anything I missed I'm going to attend every lab I'm I can and if I can't attend the labs I'm gonna re-watch them and then make notes on them and it is and I've just found like the whole process has just been so rewarding like it sort of it really clicked with me when we did our pre-script UK meetup because then I was like this is what they're on about when they say it's a community of coaches because like even just and that was a group of what eight of us eight, eight or nine of us and I was like, and then just that sense of community from eight or nine people think how big the community really is and how much it stretches over what there's got to be hundreds of people who have probably even what, well, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of people who have um, done prescript courses and are, and are involved in the community. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And like, we wouldn't be sitting here now doing this without prescript. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a good point. And like this was mentioned in the more recent episode of RX Radio 
no, last week's, um, the one with uh, Wesley, the, the style guy, where yeah. like it was a great point that Jordan mentioned, where like the main thing that Prescript does besides like the offer of information and all that is really just to like provide coaches with a support structure in terms of like you can say this and we'll back you up. And that's such a that's such a profound thing. I don't think that, that can be understated because again, it's such a strange field. It's not like it's not like you know mathematics or again, it's it's a very subjective field and it's you know a struggle that I've had coming to terms with it. But it's so subjective, like there's there, you know, there's little room for for objective truth in terms of coaching. And so just being able to give coaches the confidence in their subjective knowledge, I think is just so valuable. And you know, it's, and I've seen even myself, like even having done, you know, PSL one, I think it was either partially through PSL one or like in the very beginning or after the barbell course, I mean, I like, if like, I have, I had a friend come up to me and approach me for training and I still wasn't, I still hadn't internalized the objective versus subjective battle. And I was still, you know, in this stuck in this mindset of like, these are good exercises that you must do or else, you know, you're not doing things right. So he was like, I just want to get Jack. And I was like, you know what you need? B stance RDLs. And like, it was just like a bunch of, you know, very stability focused things because I still thought like, hey, I'm doing these things and they're good. So therefore he should be doing those things. And, you know, he, he wasn't able to stick with it. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to my bro split. Um, and, you know, because at that time I still, I, I still, had this, you know, this, I was still focused on this objective view and I just hadn't internalized that you can, it's okay to choose different things to different people's goals. And so that's why I realized that the art of the, I realized that the art of the veggies and the spaghetti sauce is much more complex than it seems because you don't want to just give them veggies and like tomato sauce. Like there needs to be the spaghetti and the meat in there but the veggies need to be dosed in an appropriate way with proper spices. Like don't put the steak spice in there, you idiot. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I've had that own sort of, I one, I had that sort of personal battle as well. It's like, I know I need to do this stability work, but I also want to get a really sick pump. And which one would I rather do? Get the sick pump. All right, I've got my pump now. I'm pretty tired. Can I be asked to do my stability work? Nah. But then, light bulb moment. There are, there are no convincing arguments like the arguments to avoid Copenhagen's after a lot of workout. Exactly. And, you know, the, the, most, the most reassuring thing I've probably, you know, learned is that all forms of arm training are also shoulder stability work. <laughs> and well not all forms but you can do a large deal of arm training to supplement your shoulder stability work and that just made me feel good about myself it was almost like do your shoulder stability work and then do some arm training and they sort of go hand in hand and then i was like okay these are the veggies that i can just about tolerate in my spaghetti sauce but no i've also had that same battle with the girl that i work with my client she um the good thing about her, she's like a sponge. She wants to learn. She wants to learn why things are working for her. And if I suggest things and she's not 100% sure if that's what we're doing, she's willing to discuss them instead of she does. Neither of us put up a barrier. Neither of us speak in definitives. We try and reach a happy compromise. And she 
like a lot of people, likes to feel like she's done a lot of work. And she wants to finish on like some sort of quote unquote finisher that will bury her. But if I can not actually bury her, but make her feel a decent level of fatigue by the end of the session, having done all the work that I want her to do, as well as the work that she wants to do outside of that quote unquote finisher, then it's sort of a win-win. And then over time, she starts to really enjoy seeing the progress on the veggie side of it. So it's like a lot of stuff is not many people get excited by static lunge patterns, really, do they? It's like that, that's the nerd stuff that we like. But and also it's the nerd stuff we like giving to people, but also probably not necessarily doing ourselves. And but with her, like I've basically week on week been able to give her some sort of small progression on them so that I can categorically say to her this is an improvement from last week and then she's happy so then she's then more willing to do similar sort of stuff because it's not necessarily that physical sensation of work it's that mental sensation of well that sort of mental thought process of this stuff is bettering me from week to week and then also I think cognitively that's sort of given her a bit of a change so that even if she's not feeling as confident in herself she still perceives some sort of physical positive change which is quite interesting to see and yeah but then also I do like bury her on a machine at the end if she's still got the energy for it because it's kind of fun to watch her do that as well in the sense that going ham on anything is quite fun it's fun for me to do it. it's fun for me to get people to do it we put on some angry music i put on some Metallica and we send it because every client loves to be told send it it's just it's yeah. the two words everyone wants to hear <laughs> yeah it's a it's a good point that you know we like to tell people to do the stability work but then not do it like not not I, you know I stick, I stick to program all right I stick to program but it reminds me of that meme of like that car the guy with the two cars he's like this is good but I like this. That's us with it. It's like, stability stuff is good, but I like sending it. So, yeah. you say the guy with the two cars. It, yeah. If you do, you know who that guy is? No, no. Oh, it's Jeremy Clarkson. Have you ever heard of Top Gear? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Top Gear? Oh yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, so he was like him and the three guys in that meme, like oh. the original host of Top Gear, but they now do their own thing on Amazon Prime because they got sacked from Top Gear which was originally run by the BBC, but I think it's on Channel 4 now. But anyway, that's UK. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Multifarious Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do share, tag us on Instagram, that whole thing, at the Multifarious Podcast. Tag whoever the guest was. And tag myself and Tom, at Saluji underscore A, and t.m.henderson. Thank you again for the listen and please enjoy the rest of your day.